0: Episode 7 of Talent Jackie Alright, welcome to Talent Jockey. I am your host, Sean. This is a podcast for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. And I provide advice, insight, and guidance into the world of talent acquisition. Alright, the end game is to make it a win-win-win for all three parties. Let's get underway, shall we? Announcements. Don't have any announcements for this episode. However, I do want to thank everybody that was so gracious to leave me uh, reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it Um, and it will help. Um, iTunes, the way they put um, the featured podcasts are based on popularity, uh, I believe subscribers and reviews. So, you know, I can't compete right now with all the celebrity ones out there and ones that have been out there for quite a long time. But I'll tell you what, those reviews are, are huge. So thank you so, so much. Um, and if you haven't left a review, what are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if you if you do have spare time and you're sitting on your iP- iPad or uh, your computer and you got iTunes, yeah, just have a second, couple sentences. Let me know how I'm doing. Be greatly appreciated, truly. So in episode six, I had my outline and I was going to talk about the inside scoop on what starts the process of posting a position and getting somebody for an open position that a hiring manager has. And I started out talking about it and then I look at my time and I'm like, I'm only halfway through this. And I'm at 30 minutes and I'm trying to keep each episode to 30 minutes. I know you're all busy out there and you don't have time to to listen to it any longer than that. Um, but I don't want to feel rushed. So what I did was kind of broke it down into two, two episodes is what I'm doing. So the first one, if you haven't listened to episode six, that's where I talk about recruiters getting details from hiring managers and highlighting specific details that are kind of uh, susceptible to delaying the process, pitfalls, um, and timeliness. So in that episode, skills, job posting, um, job description, who the hiring manager is, what this person's going to be doing, those are pretty standard, uh, and every recruiter is going to know to ask those and get those details. And there's other details that I also mentioned that recruiters are going to ask But those details that may, again, have some pitfalls if they're not, um, if the expectations or something's broken down in the conveying of those details between the hiring manager and recruiter could delay things or make it a bad candidate experience, right? So in this episode, what I want to do is continue with that conversation, and this is basically picking up where the recruiter is done with the hiring manager and meeting with them and getting those details. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Here's what I'm going to do next. They explain it to the hiring manager, hiring manager's like, great. So recruiter goes back to the desk. Sean goes back to his desk. The first thing he's going to do is post the job. Now in some applicant tracking systems or ATS for short, You can post it in the system and then it will actually, some of those systems, if the organization has that system tied to other areas, will actually propagate different job boards without having to manually do it, which is nice. Not all organizations have that ability. It costs some money, costs some resources to be able to do that. Or they'll go out and do it manually because they have to craigslist is a a resource i I specifically call out craigslist because i've talked to candidates they'll tell me they got a great position and i'll say hey just out of curiosity because i want to keep in tune where applicants are going to find positions and this individual was like i found it on craigslist i said you're kidding nope found it on craigslist applied and now i've got a new job and it's great and wonderful and it's a great team and i say awesome good for you so If you're not posting to Craigslist, that's a good resource, right? We may not think of that. You know, it's funny. I put my free stuff I want to get rid of out of my basement or sell on Craigslist. And I sometimes don't think of posting there. So it's usually free as far as I know. So check that out. Um, But then the other ways to proliferate the job posting could be through social media. LinkedIn's huge. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Also use hashtags so people can search using hashtags to find your posting. Uh, You may email from your talent community. So some organizations, when people come to apply to a position, they'll put their email address. And uh, that goes into a database. And what recruiters can do is uh, sometimes they can opt to receive notifications from that, from that organization's website. So for example, I go to jobs.talentjockey.com and I'm a job uh, seeker. And on that site, it allows me to sign up for job notifications. So every time a job, uh, Sean posts a position to hire for Talent Jockey, and it has these keywords, I want to get an email. And sometimes you can turn up the frequency of that, those notifications, or you can turn them down or up, depending on what your current situation is, um, which is nice. And then even uh, the organization, so maybe Sean has a position and I have people in my database that are subscribing to those notifications, I'll send out an email and say, hey, I have a new position. If you know anybody, let me know, or if you're interested, by all means. Number two, so I post a job. Now, if I have a sourcer um, that I, I work with, then I get the sourcer the details that I got from the hiring manager, and then the sourcer will get busy on their job. Some people may say, well, what's the difference between a sourcer and a recruiter? Valid question. Some recruiters do sourcing, or a sourcer is just a dedicated individual to find their, their, their sole purpose is to drum up candidates, network find a person. They're very active in doing that. right? Some recruiters, passive, maybe post and pray, which means they post the position and pray they get somebody. Sourcers are very active in in drumming somebody up. They'll run Boolean searches through popular search engines. They'll either do it by skill set. They could do it by organization name. Um, They'll use, if they can get an email, domain name. So if it's talentjockey.com. And they know that Sean has a bunch of podcasters, at talent jockey or a sound engineer. And this organization knows that Sean would probably have one of these individuals. Maybe they'll run a search uh, and try to poach somebody out of my talent jockey uh, organization. And they'll also go online and look at resumes that are out there. And then they'll, they'll network. Uh, hey, do you know anyone? You know, we spoke a month ago. Are you available So that's what they do. And then they'll route viable candidates over to the recruiter or hiring manager. And it depends on the organization how that process works. Number three, they'll review viable candidates. Uh, I will, as a recruiter, review viable candidates. And those candidates will either land in the applicant tracking system. So, job seeker, you apply, it comes in on the back end. I can search through those. Uh, Or it may come from the sourcer, or it may come through a referral. OK, that's another thing, too, is recruiters can po- propagate this to internal staff and say, hey, we're looking for somebody. And if you know somebody, there's a referral fee um, that you'll get $1,000, $500, Amazon gift card, whatever. It depends on the organization and what they offer as a reward. But candidate may come through as a referral. Recruiter reviews that, fields it appropriately. Now, Based on the applicants or the pool that the um, there's a couple different ways a recruiter may go about this. Um, well, sorry, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Once there's people that apply and the um, recruiter's looking through them, they'll you know, okay, this person's qualified, this person is not, and then if an individual applied and there's been no contact from the recruiter to the applicant, the recruiter will typically send a generic email. Thank you. Um, We're going to continue our search. We don't feel as though you have the qualifications we're looking for. Thank you for applying. We encourage you to continue to look at other opportunities within our organization. If the recruiter or hiring manager has phone screened or phone interviewed the individual, then it's only right to, at a minimum, do a personal email to that individual. If the person's coming for a face-to-face, then it's uh, best practice to actually call the individual and let them know that they're no longer being considered. Okay, those are the three kind of guidelines from a recruiter perspective. Now, not all recruiters do that. They may send an email for everything. She shouldn't really, you know... Emails are really easy to send out. They're quick. But I do think a personal touch is warranted, especially because the recruiting industry does suffer from the the thing that is known as the black hole where candidates apply and never hear anything back at all. So on behalf of the recruiting industry, I apologize for that. But recruiters, we have to get better at doing some of these things here. All right. So number five, update hiring manager on progress and challenges. So things are going on. Uh, I'm looking at those. Uh, And, you know, maybe we're getting a pool of candidates that really have similar backgrounds and skill sets, but they're all high in salary. Okay. I was recruiting project managers one time and we had a salary at, you know, a certain level and they were all at least 20% higher in salary what's the problem? So go back to the hiring manager, discuss that, nail down the details and see what you can do differently to convey that. Just put the salary requirements out there and if people are wanting more and they can't fit into that box, um, then that will save you much time, uh, recruiters. Maybe it's the wrong skill set. Most of this is going to come down to the job posting. Something in the job posting is getting these people to apply, so you got to readdress that. Do we need to uh, refocus the job and the posting, and then revise that and put it back out there. Uh, The market may be tough. Um, I talked to an individual. They do search in one particular market. They may recruit nationally. And then in this market, there may be only 11 people in that area that really does this job that they're aware of. And even if that's not the fact, if it's 11 that they know of, and they're really tuned in to that industry and that market, I mean, even if it's not accurate, I mean, what is the top 20 maybe? So then what do you have to consider? Maybe it's relocation options that, that hasn't been considered before. Maybe you have to put out some enticement in the job posting or through your network where you need people to help refer individuals and maybe there's a, a, some type of enticement. Maybe in the posting you say, hey, we're looking for somebody. It's going to come with a $5,000 signing bonus. If you get hired. Okay. Just kind of putting the carrot out there a little bit. All right. Number six, set up and conduct phone screens. All right. Typically human resources recruiting, um, they'll do a 30 minute. Typically it depends. Maybe they don't even do it. Maybe it goes straight to the hiring manager after the hiring manager says, I want to talk to these people, um, and nail them down the pool. Um, when the recruiter speaks to the candidate, they should give them insight to what is needed to move forward. Um, okay, and and the next steps. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, as soon as we're off the phone, thanks so much for all the information, much appreciated. When I get off the phone, I'm going to route your information over to the hiring manager for them to review. Uh, if they like what they see and are interested, this is the next step. And then I will be in contact with you. Expect a follow-up call within a week. And we gotta we got to back that up recruiters nothing hurts your credibility more with the candidate and your your rapport with the candidate than saying something and that not doing it so even if you can't call them just say, hey I can't get around to the phone but I want to give you an update it's taking longer than we expected the, there was an emergency with the hiring manager and they haven't been able to get me the feedback uh please be patient I'm doing whatever I can okay people will understand and may not be happy but they they may their chances of understanding if you give get back to them in a communication goes a long way. Number seven, route the information and get back feedback in a timely manner. Hiring managers, you got to get on top of this. Um, If you're serious about filling a position, you got to look over the details and get back to the recruiter in a timely manner. There are repercussions for those that don't and it may not be obvious to the hiring manager and I put this analogy out there and I explain this is if you if I am Sean and I apply to a position and I don't hear back I'm going to tell I may tell a friend who was going to apply at the same company don't apply there they take too long they don't know what they're looking for I never got any feedback it's a waste of your time that person I tell could be a a home run for the role and they, you may never ever see them. And if you've been around in a market for a long time, the market, you probably recruited in that market for generations. And you know, if that word spreads and it's just a bad candidate experience, that organization, the cost of hire is going to go up because what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to advertise outside the market and network outside the market And you may have to pay relocation costs. And even when you recruit outside the market, if you're talking with candidates that, you know, the cost of living in Chicago is a lot different than some, you know, Madison, Wisconsin. And so then you're talking with people that are used to Chicago salary and you're trying to get them into Madison and then that's a whole ordeal. And they could come in higher than, you know, the typical staff that you have. So timely manner. Number 8 set up face to face with candidates uh the candidate with the hiring manager and team hiring managers the more people you have involved with this step the longer it's going to take to get that person in a seat and start doing their job consider the level of the role totally get it higher level individuals in the organization may have to go through multiple rounds with multiple people but you know if you're recruiting an intern an entry level individual You know, a couple hiring managers, interview them. Are they good? Great. Let's make an offer. Okay. It shouldn't be that tough for some some of those lower level roles. Um, And with that, recruiters and and admin assistants that assist them with scheduling, it can be a royal bear to get everybody's schedules to align in one given day. You want to bring the person in for three hours or two hours. You want four people to talk to the individual. One person's out on vacation. The candidate is only available during these two days. I mean, it can be a debacle. And the more people you have on there, it gets exponentially tougher. It really does. So something to keep in mind, hiring managers, recruiters, all we can do is consult. We can maybe push a little bit, but obviously they're a customer and we don't want to rub them the wrong way because we're going to have to continue to work with them. But Education is key in this in this point right here. Candidates, uh, you got to be flexible. Um, but at the same time, you know, an understanding more than anything. Uh, the recruiters do, at this point, the recruiters are going to do whatever they can to, to get this to all come together. But it's not always that easy. All right, so set up face-to-face between the two parties. After that's done, then the recruiter will meet with the interview team and the hiring manager. Now, candidates, you may be the first one to go through the face-to-face and they may be talking to three other people. So those three people may come in same week, the next week. So that whole, those steps may take two, three weeks. So you may not get any reply for a month. Now, recruiters, we have to let them know this. We have to inform them and keep them in the loop. Um, Don't, again, the black hole starts to form. Eliminate the black hole. Let them know what's going on. Okay? We should have an answer by this time. If anything comes up on your end, Mr. or Mrs. Candidate, by all means, please let us know. Because if they're the top-ranked one, which you won't know for maybe two, three weeks, and that individual gets an offer or is later in the the steps at another organization – the recruiter if they know that can react and go back to the hiring manager and say hey jane john you know the individual that you really it's a front runner i mean if they're really a front runner we may have to act quicker okay okay i got it hiring manager needs to free up schedules what have you and address it all right so then they did, okay so three individual front runners four individual front runners They meet, we want to hire Jane. Okay. All right. So let's nail down the details of an offer hiring manager. What are we looking at for salary? Jane and I spoke. Blah. Okay. I think this is fair. Now, if there's a salary discrepancy, um, that may have to go through compensation and let them know, get them their approval. Let them know why uh, the business case behind it. Maybe it's a new position. We see them maybe accelerating quicker than some individuals. Um, what have you. Compensation comes back. Sure. Hiring manager and recruiter will determine the start date with the assistance of the candidate, of course, right? So when I talk to the candidate over the phone and say, hey, when would you be able to start? I at least have a time frame I can go with the hiring manager with. I'll pose this start date as a tentative Monday. Is that good? Hiring manager says, no, I'll be out on vacation. Can we do it the week after? Sure. I'll discuss that with the, the applicant and the candidate and see what we can do. Keep in mind, there's there's time to be uh, to onboarding the individual. So I point this out because the hiring manager may want this person to start tomorrow, and the candidate may be gung ho and say, "Look, I'm not working. I can start tomorrow." However, internally there are systems and processes that have to take place to make it a smooth onboarding for you, the the new hire. At this point, you're now the new hire. You know, computers have to be um, set up. Phones have to be set up. Email, uh, permissions within the computer systems and access. Um, You have to get access to the building. There are, you know, your desk has to be in place. There's a lot of things that have to be in time, and those other parties internally have to set that up as well. All right? So... Get nailed down some of the details. All right, I think I got everything. I got the role. I got the grade. I got the salary. I got a tentative start, time, date. Um, now I'm going to call the, the new hire and extend the verbal offer as a recruiter. Hey, Jane, congratulations. I'm calling you with a verbal offer. Here's the details. We want you to come on board in this capacity, this title, um, here's your salary here's how any bonus structure works. Here are the benefits that you would receive vacation, you know health, dental vision, what have you um, and then, for start date, which we can discuss right now, we were thinking this day, how does all this sound? if they're gung ho and everything's in place they'll be like, yay, good." Maybe something. Maybe they have a vacation they want to take before starting a new position. Well, that start date won't work. Well, what will work for you the following week? Great. I'll go back to the hiring manager and make sure they're not out of town or anything. And if we get that to happen, good to go. And they say yes. Then you want to explain the next steps as a recruiter. Okay. You want to be very clear. Next step is for us to send you the written offer. Now, some candidates, I should back up too, some applicants and candidates will not accept a verbal offer. They won't say, yes, I accept. They want to see it in writing. Totally get it. But at least, you know, give us an idea. If everything in the verbal offer is on paper, do you see any hangups? No, I don't. Okay, great. Because I just want to go back to the hiring manager and let them know wh- where you're at as far as your decision goes, even if you know, if there's any red flags or anything like that. At this point in time, the hiring manager is sitting on the edge of their seat and they're anxious because they're excited about you, the skills you're going to bring, they can't wait to get you going, and so the recruiter wants to get back to them, and it's a good thing, okay? So then you'll explain, okay, we're going to send you an email, and it may come from the recruiter, but let them know who it's coming from so they're, you know, not surprised by somebody else who they don't know, um, that's sending them an email, and they're not sure what to do, so recruiters be clear in that. you're gonna get an e- email um you're gonna get an email from Jack. Jack works with me in recruiting, and in that email, you're gonna get five you know attachments. one's gonna be the offer letter I'm gonna need that one back. The rest are for you know drug screen, background check. The instructions will be in the email. Let me know if there's any questions. Um, or something is not uh clear. Okay, and we'll we'll get you all squared away. Sounds good. So the written's drafted, send over. Usually there's a deadline for the response uh, and it'll be in the offer letter. But recruiters ask the candidate when you get that, when do you think I could get a response on that offer letter? Just to let them know. Again, going back to uh the hiring manager and letting them know what's going on. Um, and then you can sit there and kind of count down the day until you get that offer letter back. And if not, then you can follow up with them and say, hey, we didn't get it. Maybe they sent it in and you just, it didn't come through for some reason and they sent it like an hour after you talked to them. Recruiter can go back and say, hey, uh, did you send it in? So they can get things rolling because typically that onboarding and the computer and the payroll and your ID and all this stuff doesn't get kicked off until they actually receive the offer letter back. Okay. Then the recruiter has to do um, some of the duties that we don't like to do, which is inform the other candidates that they didn't get the position. Okay. If recruiters can provide feedback, great. Reasons why recruiters will not provide feedback is because of the 80-20 rule. That's what I deem the 80-20 rule. 80% of the people will take feedback for face value and appreciate it. Maybe they won't appreciate it, but they'll at least receive it. 20% may actually argue with the recruiter about the decision. So job seeker, applicant, be understanding. Um, but it can be a touchy subject for a recruiter. But anyways, I think the recruiter should provide some feedback and just say, hey, even if the other person has more experience, there is a reason. There's a legitimate reason. So explain it to them. Okay. And then, of course, provide the first day information. All right. Um So the offer letter comes back. Hey, great. Congratulations. Awesome. Recruiter, I would reach out to the hiring manager and say, hey, we got the offer letter back. Here is their contact info and give them the phone number only. Don't give them an email address. Give the hiring manager the phone number and say, here's the candidate's phone number. What I would recommend is giving them a call. And if you do get a voicemail, leave a voicemail, but tell them, you know, looking, you're excited. Let them know you're excited. Looking forward to having you start. Thanks so much. If you have any questions about benefits or any of those details, hiring manager, if they do, send them to me. I will field those. But, you know, let them know. And even if you want to give them your office phone number, in case something comes up, they can contact you directly. But I think that's a nice touch. And I think more hiring managers need to do that. And then let the candidate know. So if there's a long break between the when the offer's been signed and delivered to the actual start date the recruiter or somebody hiring manager could be um, to be in contact with that new hire at certain intervals i've had people start 6 months later and i've even had a hire manager do you think you'll show up and i say oh yeah i you know i emailed them i called them you know i tell them how excited we are to have them you know joining us um, but they're moving across the country they've got to tie up a bunch of loose ends um lots of logistics on their end you don't want to you don't want to you know talk to them every week necessarily because they got a lot of things going on in their mind well landing a new position and a new job is one of the most stressful things in an individual's life that's out there you can find it so you just want to make sure that nothing has changed with the start date, nothing's popped up on their end and everything's going smoothly. And then you also wanna, you know, it also shows you shows the the new hire, we're really excited to have you on board and everybody is. And that's one way you can do it. So I kind of went through that pretty quickly. And I hope as a job seeker and an applicant, some of this will Uh, sit with you and you can understand why things happen the way they do it's not always going to be really timely there's going to be hiccups i mean i've posted positions got you know 20 applicants and 15 aren't qualified something's amok like they're not even in the ballpark or maybe none of the candidates are and so gotta start over Maybe even the recruiter has to go back to the hiring manager and say, hey, we need to rethink this. We're getting these types of people. We got to change the title. Maybe it's a junior role. Instead of just project manager, maybe it's a project coordinator and getting a different uh, caliber of individuals applying to the position. Right? So communication's got to be open all across the board. Keep people in the loop. I think people appreciate that. It will go a long ways. There are hiccups that occur. But again, that's what I'm trying to flesh out for everybody so we can prevent those hiccups from happening over and over again, right? Well, I hope you found this episode valuable. Um, If I missed something or something I should have considered and I didn't touch on or elaborate on, job seeker, like, hey, want to know more about this? Send me an email at sean at talentjockey.com. Uh, if you're a recruiter and you say, hey, I think you missed the detail, um, we we do this. Let me know. Or you can go to talentjockey.com forward slash zero zero seven and leave a comment in the show notes. That's that'll do it. I mean, hey, what can I say? So let's do this thing. Let's take this info, let's do the right thing and make it a happy win-win-win for all three parties, right? That's what I'm talking about. This is Talent Jackie. I'm your host, Sean. I'm out of here.